Hey, it's the October 5th edition of Three Songs Podcast. This is Mike Hogan. With me, as always, Mr. Bob Nastanovich, live from his back porch in Des Moines, Iowa. Hello, Bob. Hey, Mike. This is episode <laughs> 10 here, my man. That's right. You know what? You know what it is here tonight? What's that? It's like, it's a, it's a, like, I wish Halloween was tonight because it's a haunted evening of weather. Like, we've really? had like pea soup fog here. Wow. I'm happy, I'm happy to hear from you that you're playing a lot, a lot of like, um, English music tonight because, like, you feel like you're in everywhere England? I went today, I felt like I was in the north of England. Like, <laughs> You know, like it's like it's almost it's not even that cold, but it's like chill the bone stuff, and it's so damp and like, <clears throat> yeah. That's funny because we're we're having like kind of resurgence of summer. It was like eighty today. It's like a touch of humidity. You know, it's it's sort of like the sleep with the windows open, the air conditioner on. You know, like the last gasp of summer before fall really hits. Enough about weather. Let's go to yeah. the music. Let's That's go to the music. Fault. Sorry, that's I, okay. That's all right. Yeah. You know, it's October. It's October fifth, so you could. Who knows what you'll get? Yeah. So, but it, it actually affected my selections today because it did. And I, I actually wanted to play a song by Stereolab called Harmonium because it fit the vibe so well. Uh, um, well, you have another chance. of my day. Yeah, yeah, I'll have another crack. So, but I. I got it. Whatever. It's just a it's a real vibey kind of day here. I like that. Yeah, it's good. So again, for those new to the show, you're bringing three songs. I'm bringing three songs. We talk about why they matter. We play them. Hopefully, we learn stuff. And uh, you know, I, I I'm familiar with some of your artists, of course that you're bringing today, but um, I don't think I know these three specific songs, so uh, I'm interested. It'll be, maybe it'll be new for me. I hope so, and and I'm going to start it off with a PJ Harvey song. She's one of my heroines of music. Um, she's one of my favorite artists, and um, this is from her 2012 album uh, called Let England Shake. And um, the reason I'm playing it actually is kind of, it, we were just talking a little bit about horse racing. It does actually have a horse racing link because the the bugle part of the horn part that's played throughout um, is actually the unique uh, call to the post or boots and saddles uh, intro when the horses go to the gate at Keeneland, which of course opens tomorrow. Right. And, Appropriate. And it's always been sort of a chilling feeling to me when I hear the horn part, which you're about to hear in this song, which is called the glorious land, which is actually a, a very political song. Um, I, I think that, uh, I think you're going to really like it. I think that's, have you been to Keeneland? Never been, never been. Okay. Well, you'll get there someday. It I is will. pretty glorious. It's pretty glorious. And this song is called the glorious land by PJ Harvey off Let England shake.
that song that's a cool one i don't know that well, thank you yeah yeah it's actually a heavy duty song i mean the the song's about you know the the ongoing afghan war and uh you know it's and it's her way of it's a protest song yeah like, i was gonna say uh, i brought some <laughs> protest songs a few shows ago so you should yeah. if i if i could think thematically i would have come up with that <laughs> um you know to, to hook up to your protesting but i'm not that sharp <laughs> but uh it's okay you're you the know. good looking one but the interesting, a lot of, there's a lot of interesting aspects to the lyrics, which are brilliant, which, you know, we, I encourage you, like, one of the great things of, of, about the internet, if you do want to follow along with lyrics, like, you know, lyric sets are generally available on the internet, but uh, the the horse connection is, you know, our land is being plowed by horses' hooves, and the glorious land is being sown with Cossack heads, hmm. Um you know, what is the glorious fruit of our land? The fruit is deformed children. What is the glorious fruit of our land? The fruit is orphaned children, you know. So, you know, it's... And PJ is a heavy duty, I mean... Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, she's been around now for... 20-some-odd years, 25 years. 30. 30? About 30. Really? Wasn't... wasn't and her, drive her first, first album, one? Drive. Yeah, her first like album, Drive. like I thought. 92. 92 25 years yeah and like i'm sure she was a little bit active before that but that's yeah. beside the point i actually saw her in 92 at, at reading festival and she played on the friday and we played on the sunday pavement and that's awesome that was back when she was, was playing a, guitar right yeah i was a huge fan of dry and i knew all the songs and i was so psyched she played at like five o'clock in the afternoon and it was, a, I mean, she was like really sort of clearly unsure of herself on the big stage. And I could totally relate to that a couple of days later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a great set. But the interesting thing to me, the, the funny link to me personally, is that I was uh, good friends with Slint at the time, uh, right after they released Spiderland. Classic I, album. I, yeah. I was I was living with Britt Walford, and uh, one of the things about Spiderland on the back of the record, it says there's a thing that says "interested female vocalist, please write us at this address." Okay, That's right. I and that. Ron Walford, Britt's wonderful dad, uh, he was amazed at this letter that PJ Harvey sent. Uh, where she basically said, hey, look, Splint is my favorite band. This is my favorite record, and I would love to sing with you guys. And he would, like, he would like whip it out all the time. He'd be like, PJ Harvey <laughs> likes my son's band. Like, this record was largely, like, Spiderland was basically, like, rehearsed for, like, months in the in the basement of my, my house and pj harvey like wants to be part of it like i was like 
man, how cool is your dad, Brett? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. It was, pretty, it was pretty awesome. But, and, um, and that's amazing. That's all ama- beside I mean, the point, you know. I, I, I'm just floored by the idea of a PJ Harvey Slint collaboration. What would that have been like? That would have been amazing. No, oh, that would have been fan- that would have been unbelievable. Oh, I mean, like time maybe, machine. Maybe it'll still happen because. Well, you know. yeah, for sure. It's like I want I want to get in a time machine and go back and like like get that letter and be like, guys, you got to make this happen. Like, come on, you know. Even if you don't release it at the time, like, can you imagine discovering those tapes twenty five years later? Well, you know, now, like, you know, it would have been a lot easier to make the hookup, but it was sure. a matter of, like, Brit having the energy to respond to PJ's enthusiasm and be like, come on, like, yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. where you, do we hook up? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, wow. I mean, slint and, I mean, you know, complicated thing to work out in the early 90s to, like, hook these people up. But sure. It, it, it didn't happen. What could have been, but, though? Uh, that's, that's I think amazing. that if, if Slint ever would have had a female vocalist, then PJ would have been at the top of the list. Wow. So. <laughs> that's a that's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing that one, Bob. That's, that's Yeah, but, I mean, cool. like, her whole body of work, you know, like, uh, and, like, uh, you know, she played at Pitchfork Festival this year, and she, you know, she... I can't, I mean, and I was very disappointed, but she played in LA last year and she played in New York. Like she does like sporadic American gigs. Yeah. Which is smart. Um, I, I can't believe I have not seen her like, you know, with opportunities in the last five years, but you know, that's, you know, as you know, work yeah. keeps us away from these glorious opportunities. So it's tough. Life, life gets in the way of live shows sometimes. So, and I could easily play like you know PJ Harvey songs till the cows come home, yeah. or till till we put our horses in the stall. But well, maybe that um, will be a recurring theme for you. I think I think uh, one of the things that would be fun is is to set up some recurring themes. Uh, I've kind of done it a little bit. I think you're starting to do it. We're getting the feel of what the show means to us. I'll work that out around episode twenty-seven. Yeah. No, so, sounds... so what are you what are you going to kick us off with? Well, I've got a little bit of a theme going here, uh, maybe unintentionally. So I got three bands that all formed in the late seventies in the UK. Um, kind of, I guess, all in the punk, post-punk, art-punk vein. But you know, they all are. They all kind of turn it on their heads in their own ways. So um, the first one I'm going to play is probably the best known of the three uh, from a an absolute classic album. If if you guys are listening to this and you don't own a copy of Pink Flag, just go buy it, download it, whatever. How whatever your choice of of accessing music, get a copy of Pink Flag. I would say by the band Wire. By, by the, the band, band Wire, Wire. That's right. Uh, the first album they're from 1977. They're also still kicking about. Mike. Who are touring? I think they're going to be here in a month or two. Um, it's another band that I probably would love to see, but probably won't have the opportunity to. But that's okay. You know, you you really don't have like. I, I mean, I know you've got like very good excuses to like blow off gigs, and it's not easy to like go from you know, where you live to like do a gig and like, you know, if you've got a son and stuff like that, but it must be particularly difficult to look at what's going on live in New York city today. And like, you know, in a, in an ideal world, you'd be going to see like brilliant artists, like three to five times a month. I, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm most of the stuff I'm knowledgeable about is, is the 25 years ago, like we were talking about when I <laughs> Well, the go. thing is the 25 years ago is very much happening. I know that's true. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, wire's still around. They're still making good records. Uh, boy, this is, this is a 40 year old song, Bob. Oh my They've God. Been... Hopefully, hopefully if, if, if you, if you do go see wire, Maybe they'll play this. They might play this from uh, from yeah. Pink Flag. This is Mannequin on three songs. On encore material, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. An, <laughs> a rave up. Here we go.
sing along. Talk about a song. Talk about a song that I could actually karaoke very badly. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> my familiarity with that song is uh, it's like back of the hand material like uh, absolutely i mean even down to the la- last time now i'm sure you could hit that one too i actually could hit that bit but yeah. you know probably when he actually sings well i couldn't but uh, <laughs> i love that song love that record just a sick, good good classic sing along i mean it's i guess classic it, rock and it, i played the freed pit freed pig by sebado on our last show you talk about some seriously biting lyrics there, my man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that's vicious. Like, <laughs> you don't, you just don't interest me. Yeah, uh, I don't right. know. It's not animosity. Curiosity. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. It's that's such a like, such a kiss off song. It's a punk rock slicer. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, that whole the really the first three albums for me are all essential. Why you know they did a lot of really good stuff in their intervening forty years, but uh, uh, and I enjoy a lot of the other stuff too. But when I when I reach for a Wire record, chances are it's going to be one of those first three. Um, maybe it's just because I'm I'm a creature of habit, but uh, yeah, but it's like all can't miss stuff. It's so, all can't miss yeah. stuff. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, they're like your Beatles or your Rolling Stones. They kind you know, of like are. A, For me, yes, yes. I mean, because they were punk rock, but they approached it in such a different way. They sounded... They're one of those bands... I mean, we talked about... And we haven't very played. accessible. They're very... Well, it's very It's very poppy. Yeah, well, that song is. But, like, they're a band that... There are bands that sound like them, but they sound like no one. I would say that about the Velvet Underground. No one they no one sounded like the Velvet Underground before the Velvet Underground came about. Same with the Minutemen, you know, like Wire. There's some of these bands, even though you could hear their influences, like they were unique. Well, nobody has has ever sounded like Butthole Surfers. That's right. And that's how I'm gonna play next. Uh, this is off perhaps my favorite Puddle Surfer's album called Psychic, Powerless, and Other Man's Sack. It's a song called Cherub. It's got a little length to it. Nice. And uh, it's a it's like uh, it's when the buttholes like tri- like we're in this phase of like transitioning from a punk band to like becoming themselves, which were a very far out psychedelic experience to me. They were scary. Okay. Yeah. And like they were the you know, an intimidating live band, terrifying. Did you ever see the buttholes? I never saw them live. No. I mean, you may be lucky in a way. It was yeah. terrifying. I saw the like, cramps live when I so. saw them in the eighties. <laughs> that was pretty was, terrifying. Who'd you see? The, what's the scariest band you've ever seen? Uh, I don't know. The cramps. The cramps up close, uh, like front row, where Lux was reaching into his leather g-string and in in getting a, ha- a sweaty hand out of his leather g-string and flicking sweat onto the crowd um that was a little intimidating creepy and gross creepy and I, gross, saw, yeah. I saw the i saw the cramps in leicester england at de montfort hall in 84 and yeah, you, you got i was by, by myself yeah i was, I was and, and uh i was 17 and my, my parents not knowing better, let me go. Because <laughs> I was just like, like, you know, going, being a tourist in England with my parents. And I looked at the enemy and I was like, whoa, we're going here. Like, we st- can, can we like go to Leicester? Because like, I'd like to see this band. And they let me go. And what I remember about seeing the cramps is my hands were in my pockets. Because I was nervous and scared. Yeah. And, and I moved with my hands in my pockets from the front right corner of the room to the back left corner of the room just by getting pushed in a nonviolent <laughs> mm-hmm. way. Like there mm-hmm. wasn't anybody like it was like physically threatening, but it was like, a, it was like, wow, like, come on now. Well, the buttholes, butthole surfers, when I saw them, it was terrifying. The memorable, most memorable gig would have been at the pyramid club in Richmond right after Locust Abortion Technician came out. So a few years after after this song, which I believe is 84, without, you know, a proper reference. 
But uh, this is like when the buttholes, like, and people think of the butthole surfers as like everybody knows the name. Like, there isn't like a name amongst like in punk rock history that like you know everybody knows the name. Yeah, okay? like the Dead Kennedys. It's, it's one of those, right? You know, yeah, like punk, very Perhaps. punk names, but also self-limiting names because of but, yeah, right. And like even when they had like a huge MTV hit, Pepper, it was so unnatural for them to like bring in like a crowd that didn't get that. But I, I mean, I saw their point, like, you know, and they were always great money spinners. I mean, you know, it could be in Paul or accountants. So, um, but this is, you know, a, one of my favorite songs. It's very haunting and chilling. It fits the night to me here. It's October and it's, you know, it's Cherub by Buttle Servers.
Butthole surfers. Tribal psychedelia. Like yeah. we're gonna use it's a very hackneyed term in describing the history of rock music. We're gonna overuse the term psychedelic rock music. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna do that. Okay. Okay. I think you've probably done it a lot of times. I'm sure I have during our first our first nine episodes. Like to me, that is like that is like that is, music. Yeah, exactly. That's the correct use of that term. But it's also very it's like, scary psychedelia. Like that's a bad what, what, trip. I mean, like you know, <laughs> in a good way though. <laughs> in a good we're way. We're not gonna like we're not gonna like go into our psychedelic experiences on this program. Uh, but to me, it's like. Texas folk music in a lot of ways. Like I know you're a big, you've mentioned the Dicks several times. And yeah. I'm sure you're going to play the Dicks, who are obviously are a big influence on Buttle Surfers. One of my favorite bands, not e- not only of the era, just in general, is Scratch Acid. Yeah, and very yeah. pleased to see that the Jesus Lizard are are going to do a bunch of shows. Fantastic band. I'm sure I've mentioned on this program. David Yao is like you know one of my biggest rock and roll heroes. Uh, I mean, in that song, like Paul Leary's guitar, or just like, just in general, Paul Leary's guitar and the incredible tribal drumming by King Coffee and Therese, it's just freaky. It's so out there. And, and like, nobody expected that from a punk rock. Like, right. people expect to see a punk rock show. Right. They didn't expect to see, like, you know, in a club that held 400 people complete chaos that they couldn't put their finger on like they couldn't they couldn't figure out whether it was like like art rock or anti-art or psychedelic or punk and like i remember seeing them and people were like didn't know what to do they were hanging from the ceiling there was a lot of fire on stage you were nervous that fire codes are being violated you were nervous that somebody was going to get hit in the head with a bottle. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a terrifying experience, and and the music just fueled it. Wow! And they had this woman, they had this woman, Kathleen from Beamy Seed, who was standing on a podium, who was basically naked, except for body paint, and and she was dancing with a strobe light, and and like she fueled the fire i mean it was was just like i was 19 and i was i was like i don't know what's going on here but this is really intense (laughs) so so anyways that's awesome it's a 45 minute story like i can tell you so many it's one of my and i'd like to think of it actually i as one of my best stories when when i saw them right after psych right after locust abortion technician came out I've never been. So, I mean, I've never been so scared. I went by myself, uh, and I didn't sleep very well for a couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> bands don't do that to me anymore. Like, right. nor should they ever. Right. I mean, I saw a few. Right, psycho drama. You know, hex bubba. I mean, bands at nine three five three. Did you ever listen to them? Uh, no. Maybe you'll yeah, need. Yeah. You'll need to bring some. It was an era of rock in which you'd go see shit. It could have been my age because I was, you know, in my early 20s or late teens and stuff. And the, and the things going on there, yeah, we'll talk about it on other shows. I'll, I'll go back to that genre, but I hope that didn't freak out too many of our listeners. Yeah, but no. it's, a very, it's a very October song, and it's a foggy evening here, and I, I thought it was a good way to latch onto my vibe during this program. So what do you have Absolutely. Next? So, uh, of course, we're going back to England. Um, we're going back to the art rock school. Um, this is a band that's, uh, I don't think they've gotten their due. I mean, I think part of the problem at the time was they only released a couple seven inches. They didn't release an album until five or six years later. It was kind of a collection of singles and EPs. And, you know, and actually the last band I'm going to play is kind of along the same line. So those are the types of bands that, in the Avengers, who I played on a recent show, you know, it's another one that... That, that was great. They that kind of didn't get their due because they didn't really, they weren't really a functioning band releasing an album and touring with it. They just released some seven inches and then kind of splintered away and fell apart. Um, but this band I'm talking about is, is a band called the Homosexuals, and we... we 
talked about uh, the butthole surfers being a bit of a self-limiting name. You know, I think the homosexuals, especially in 1978 when they formed, and I think this is that's around the time when this song was recorded, maybe a couple years later. Um, you know, you, you put out an album by a band called the Homosexuals. Um, it's probably and they were from they're English, right? Yeah, it's probably not going to go top ten. Um, it's safe to say, you, you, you've pigeonholed yourself. Uh, in the late 70s, early 80s to be a band that uh, you have to seek out in the independent stores. But uh, um, they're another one that, like, they're just, they're a we are, approach. We are, the only, we are the only podcast in history that is transitioning butthole surfers into the homosexuals. Perhaps. That's okay. Um, I think that's the way we want it. So uh, exactly. Let's exactly. let's uh, let's just play it, and we'll talk. We'll talk afterwards. It's it's a short one. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it because I never have. But uh, but it's a fun one. It's called "Vociferous Slam" by the Homosexuals. Oh, Perfect. That- There's a lot going on in those 90 seconds, huh? That was wicked. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, it's the homosexuals, you know? I mean, it's certainly not your traditional verse-chorus-verse song. Uh, you know, I don't know what that weird song experiment, sound experimentation that happened in the middle of it. Um, but it's just one of those... They're one of those bands that, from song to song, you never know what's coming next. Yeah, no, I mean, no, obviously that's the first song I've ever heard by them, but I really enjoyed it. I need to delve deeper. I think you, I think you dig them. They're a little harder to find. Uh, I don't really think they have anything on Spotify, um, but I think their releases are still available. They, there was there was a three CD um, box set that came out. I don't know, five, six, seven, maybe even ten years now. Um, that's relatively available, and I think it collects all of the songs that they released at the time they released some some cassettes as well as you know they were they were one of the first diy bands in the uk um so it, it co- collects pretty much everything you don't know where they were from do you, do you what, what part of the country uh, not off the top of my head i could look if you really wanted yeah. to know but uh but no not at well, see, the, not off the top yeah of my no, head. no you don't have to do that um, but yeah, so that's worth that's worth seeking out. the The name of that box set is called Astral Glamour, which is the name of probably their best known song, which is still pretty unknown. But uh, uh, and as far as you know, did they continue, or they they were just like a brief era band? Brief, more of a brief era band. Yeah, I think they they were around late seventies to early eighties, and then kind of broke up. I think they might have gotten back together after that uh, box set came out. There was some interest in them. I think they might have gotten back together and played some live shows, but I don't think they're recording or touring regularly. Um, and I don't even know if they went on to do anything else in other bands. They're, they're just kind of a band that I've always, well, not always, you know, I probably discovered them about 15 years ago and um, I've just been a fan of ever since. So, Well, thank you very much for introducing me to them. I'm glad you liked it. And I'm going to introduce you to a a French band. Nice. 
called Leirita Mitsuko. No, excuse my pronunciation. Leirita Mitsuko. And you talk about the belter. This is a belter of a singer. And this is uh, Le Histoire d'Amour by Leirita Mitsuko. I think we're talking 84. It's like, you know, France. France's contribution to underground music was not easily accessible when it happened. Okay. And I remember hearing about this band and it's, you know, it's disco-y. Okay. That's cool. And my appreciation of them is when I stumbled upon a 12-inch about five years ago for a couple bucks, their song Andy, and I was like, this this just like kicks ass in any DJ set. And then I dug deeper and watched a lot of videos and stuff and and now I'm a fan. So this is like our, um, this is my En Vogue of this show. All right. But it's <laughs> a much more obscure <laughs> version of En Vogue, for sure. It's a stomper, it's a belter. Go ahead and spin her. All right, let's do it.
So I just decided to take us to French discotheques in the eighties. Cool. That's that's some cool stuff. I hadn't, I hadn't yeah, heard anything I, like that. I mean, that. like, I mean, if, again, pronunciation: Catherine Riget and Fred Chichon of Le Rita Mitsuko. Apparently, a very popular and successful French band. And again, I don't know French, so I don't know what they were singing about. I know. Les histoire des amours means the history of love, um, I would think. Well, regardless, she was singing just, passionately about it. She, you were right, she's a belter. Yeah, she's, it's, a, it's a, just a great dance song. Yeah, no, for sure. That, that's, I felt, I that's felt cool. like we should go to the disco are, tech for a while. Uh, so do you know much more stuff by them? Are, are, are they all kind of in that vein? or? I just have like three 12 inches. Yeah, I think the most famous song is called Marcia Baila. And they, I mean, yeah, I just have like six or seven songs. Nice. They're always fun to play and listen to. They're I just, like they're, that. They're, they're just like rave up yeah. dance songs. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, all right, well, I've been playing a lot of short songs. And the, the last one I'm going to play, well, I, we could... We could we could shake things up. Well, I've a been very here. self-indulgent with that's length. okay. Here, here's my question: Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? I've got more homosexuals. Do you want? To, there's a bunch of short songs. Do you want to hear another quick short homosexual song since you hadn't heard them before? Well, that'll make seven songs. I know but it's yeah, okay. It, just because the name is three songs doesn't mean we have to stick to it. Because when remember when I'm going to be doing the Minutemen, I'm probably going to bring like six Minutemen songs, man. So, but but only like our sponsors, which are ourselves, <laughs> we have no we have no rules. Yeah, so we can break our own rules. But uh, yeah, exactly. You uh, you want to hear... introduce us to the snippet era now? Like yeah. hit us with another homosexual. song. You want to hear another so. homosexual song? We'll we'll yeah, go definitely, okay, man. Let's do it. Then, this is Astro yeah. Glamour. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're quote big. Song. Their biggest song. Here we go. Cheers, Mikey. Yeah, so you know, like when John Peel didn't expect to play Teenage Kicks twice in a row, he just kind of, you know, just happened. We didn't expect to play two homosexual song on the sh- songs on the show, but there you go. Well, we we shouldn't be mentioned in the same breath with that guy, but no, I did bring Ghost out of his cage during that. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, when the, and, and when the show when the show started, there were other dogs rabble rousing in the neighborhood yeah and i hate i hate to do it that's okay but i had to bring him in because he was so fired up he was excited he's, he was excited he's for now the show. Ba- he's now back at his post okay well good that's i missed corgi mr ghost i missed mr ghost all right so yeah. we'll go back to the regularly scheduled program um i'm gonna end the show with a band similar to the homosexuals in the sense that they only re- released a few 
seven inches. They, I think they did a peel session or two. Um, and right as they were breaking up, they released a double LP called the demonstration tapes, which collected most of the seven inches as well as some other demos and things. And so they weren't really, they didn't get their due at the time. Um, but I think they, they're, if they're known, they're known more as a cult band because of that. They were a little bit ahead of their time, and they, they led to a number of other bands doing something similar. The, the, the band I'm talking about is, is a band called Dolly Mixture. From the they late, influenced the genre. Like they did. The they, they did. They were, um, they were all women, and, you know, at a time in the late 70s where there were some all-women Hell punk yeah. bands. You know, like the, the Raincoats, who you played, the Slits, who we've mentioned, uh, uh, but they were they were kind of more on the the pop side of things. I mean, they were certainly in the punk scene. Uh, I think one of them dated Captain Sensible of the Damned. Um, they're probably best known, if they're known at all, as being the backing singers on Captain Sensible's biggest hit called "What," um, which which is like an know, English chart hit. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, Captain. I said what? You know, it's like it's it's yeah. it's you know, silly song, but. Uh, um, that they were the backing singers on that song. And, um, you know, they were just a band, I think, that influenced a lot of, and, and maybe inspired a lot of other women to, to make their own bands and led to bands like The Shop Assistants and Heavenly and just kind of created that that genre of... Keep early... in mind the slits and the raincoats and legends like that were going on at the same time, as well, were Marine Girls. For sure. Yeah, and the Marine Girls too. Yeah, I mean, and I think that maybe the difference, um, and of course I'm not really playing, I think that the shop assistants are, are almost a throwback to the 60s uh, girl groups like the Shangri-Las and um, the Chiffons and bands like that. And, and I think Dolly Mixture had a little bit more of that than the punk sound that, say, the Slits might have had. Or, um, yeah, you know, so, oh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll play, I'll play. We might even have time for two. I'll, I'll just, you know, we're already going off the rails here. So, um, I'll start with one and we'll see how, we'll see how we feel after that. And maybe we'll just wrap okay. it. Okay. Um, this is just a song. Support the power of. Women. That's right. This is a song called Wave Away. It was recorded in 1982. And um, see see what you think. To my ears, in some ways, it's reminiscent of, at least part of it is reminiscent of, of a hit that was r- recorded by a male group right around the same time. I think it was one of those things that just happened to be a coincidence, because I don't think one heard the other um but uh oh, fill me in mike well fill let's let's play it and then we can talk afterwards okay it's wave away cool. by dolly mixture thanks Yeah. 
Dolly that was tr- that was really nice and dreamy. Yeah, kind of a nice way to end the show, huh? Well, no, you, you don't have to end the show. What I'll what I'll do? It's, it, well, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, it's been a it's been a big day here in the house. I'm putting out a seven inch by a local band, great local band here in Des Moines called Odd Pets, and we got the test pressings today. Nice, and they sound great, and. Um, pretty excited about the release so i'll be playing some of that on an upcoming show fantastic uh, and i think on the way out uh you should go ahead and just with another dolly mixture song let's end it with okay. a song and uh again absolute pleasure and I'll, I'll see you soon perhaps right. next monday all right let, let, let's do it this is this will be the first time we're we're ending with a song this is another one this is an earlier one much more upbeat um this one is uh Kind of like the wire one that we mentioned earlier, a little bit of a kiss off song, a little bit. Ooh, of, I like that. Yeah, it's a little, it's 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 uh, it's a little catty, but you know, it's it's also, yeah. So was don't come back on our last show by Marine Girls. Yeah, so um, it's called "How Come You're Such a Hit with the Boys, Jane," and um, it was, oh yeah. Well, we want you to come back. We do. We want you to come back, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, here's some more Dolly Mixture, three songs podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. How come you're such a hit with the boys, Jane? To shoot them up and make them frown Hey, listen, Jane, here's a hit from me You're not the biggest catfish in the sea